0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of the Monty and Wolf Show. And I have to say, Wolf, it's time to discuss one of the biggest upsets in the history of Korean esports. That's right! T1 beat unanimous All-Pro First Team KT. Fifth place versus first place. I assume, Wolf, after this match ended, you walked over to a bunch of your Korean colleagues and asked them how it was possible that this could have ever happened if they were all the best players, you know. Uh, and they were all on one team together how is this possible wolf well i mean first of
1: all i i know you've been leading the crusade about the the all pro first for kt all pro second for genji like votes but if you look at if you actually look at the votes themselves it's pretty close like a lot of players on genji almost got into first they were like three (laughs) votes off in a few situations um yeah but the global side we all voted for peanut over cuz for example which
0: was of course, the correct move. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was the only one who voted for Lehens over Delight as well, but we were pretty split on that one. Um, anyway. Also,
0: you know, it was crazy, Wolf. You know, it was crazy. I noticed that, um, everyone who could vote for Keen in top lane as first team all pro, as in everybody who wasn't a member of KT itself and ergo could not vote for him, voted for him. And yeah, yet unanimous. he was not the MVP of the league. That's so weird.
1: Unanimous. <laughs> um yeah Lehen's getting mvp was a bit strange to me i i had a feeling though i think i even told you this on our last episode i was like i feel like he was gonna get it just because he was getting every single um vote from the analyst for like opgg multiple weeks in a row um uh-huh. on the korean side just like i was saying for uh-huh. pays like when i was saying it in like round one for him, i was like oh it seems like pays is gonna get it based on the voting and round two it looked like it was gonna be Lahens. it was lens um Anyway, I think it should have been either BDD or Keen, but that's you know that's just my opinion. I, I thought Lahenses had a great season, to be honest, but I I, I don't know if it was really about him. Um, KT versus T1, are we are we just going to start with the the big one? <laughs> yeah, we- this is
0: the biggest. This was the biggest upset in the history of Korean esports based on people's All Pro voting. So yeah, I think we should start there. Seems really important.
1: So I I told everyone that I thought that. It was going to be really tough for me to predict KT to win the whole tournament unless they lost in the in the double bracket and had to run it back because they were winning too hard, too easily all of their games. This is going to be one of their. their I thought the the winners' match against Genji was going to be one of their first tests that they had in a while. But even they, even though they would have fought a really strong opponent in Genji in that uh, round three upper bracket. I was like, well, they'll probably beat Genji there because they beat them so handily at the end of regular season and arguably could have slash should have beaten them in the first round robin, but static shiv incident happened. Um, and I felt like, okay, KT need to lose somewhere if they are going to be able to learn what their weaknesses are because if they're never tested, maybe Genji analyzes them better and then shows up in the finals. I think we saw a little bit of that when Genji beat T1 last season. So as someone who's been really touting, as you have, as KT being the best team and having the highest potential this season, I'm kind of happy with the result because I think KT will massively improve, and they did massively improve against Hanwell Life. That being said, it wasn't a great look for Keane, um, our uh, <laughs> our most championed top laner throughout the regular True. season. He got <laughs> kind of destroyed by Zayus in this one. And Zayus overperformed t one just were more clutch on the day, I feel like, is, is really what it comes down to for me.
0: So, I, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this series. I think it was a weird series, um, just from both teams. There were a lot of very unusual game states that developed, um, as a result of like early plays, you know, for example, in. Game number one, we had Zaeus like proxying the wave and then dying early, which which gave Keen like a really pretty big advantage. In game number two, we had another er, some other early game deaths, such as like aiming and Lehen's camping the bush and then Lehen's missing his Leona E, which then just results in the instant death of of aiming and Lehen's in the bot lane. So it really felt like, you know, they were taking some big risks in the early game that weren't paying off like both teams f- felt really aggressive and desperate in a way that i didn't anticipate this series to be
1: yeah I didn't the, feel very measured the rumble counterpick for the Renekton was i think i mean we've seen this a lot it's not new it's not like a uh, some sort of cool new tech and and it's not supposed to win that hard but because of uh the Lehens incident that happened bottom side like you said the map control <laughs> was super incident. lopsided yeah the uh the Leona uh, yeah it was very weird. Say. So like they they had they they were losing this bottom matchup against Draven and then also needed to to like put out Fire's topside because of this Rumble. So they kind of had to choose between are we gonna try to make sure that our Forest is still relevant or or is King gonna be able to handle himself topside? And King he, he couldn't. He got zoned out of waves and there was just nothing he could do. So like both games the both first uh, two games. Top laner had a bit of an issue because of something that happened to them early. And then Keen fell super far behind. And this, this was like, to me, the, the worst game of the entire series was the, the Zaius, uh rumble game just because it was, it was so obviously over so early. Like it, it wasn't even a game as, as from a caster's perspective where I'm like even interested in entertaining the possibility of KT coming back in, in it. Um, and After those first two games, I was like, well, anything can happen in this series. Like, It's all about the early game. It's all about who gets ahead first because these teams are just (laughs) running at each other um, like unchained freight trains uh, about to collide. And then the series got a little bit more nuanced, obviously, as we we went down it. And T1 got a pretty big momentum shift uh, in that third game where Gumusi pulled out the Lucian, which is not very common right now, not very popular. But I thought he played it extremely well. And Hens thought he could... Layer this uh, Galio pick with the uh, Nico. Obviously, the Nocturne makes it really difficult to play around that positioning-wise, right. and they're both long-range engage. But the execution really just wasn't there, and I think KT tried to to pull a fast one on T1, and they just weren't they weren't playing well enough as a unit uh, on the day to actually pull it off.
0: Yeah, I was I was surprised to see quite a quite a few of the picks in this series. I mean, first off, there was not a lot of you know Maokai priority overall i would say like you know i think i think that it 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 came up but there are also games where you know like game two of this series where it just managed to fall all the way through the draft which i think is unusual um it's been very interesting to watch lck playoffs and also see such little jace priority um considering the power level of jace right now and the fact that we know bdd at least has started to play because he played his first professional game ever on that champion and I also think, you know, KT obviously work hockey coming into this series, and I think they had every reason to be, but they were humbled, you know, by some of these picks. I think that they really just wanted to ride Keen's Renekton. And I think it's reasonable that you're kind of blind picking and prioritizing this champion for him because coming into this series, like Keen has played 19 games of Renekton this split and he has only lost three games and two of those three losses came yeah. in this series. So yeah, he had lost only one, one lost. game. Yeah, he lost one game on Renekton coming into this best of 5. And you know, honestly like given Zeus's form, which was very inconsistent over the course of this split, I, I don't think it's crazy that they were that they were taking this champion, right? I feel like yeah, No, I agree. They, you know, I feel like there was like a little bit of happy gaming as well with the all-in attempt at level 1 right in game number 2. Um, yeah, you know, I was I was surprised, I guess. You know, by aiming, you know, I, I was surprised by the Renekton pick in game five when you're playing Draven in the bot lane because it feels like you can only really prop up one of those lanes and they chose top lane and then Keen was unable to carry on the Renekton. Zayus got way too much gold, became out of control, and then they had a Draven that just didn't get any cash-ins, right? So it, it felt sloppy from KT. It felt sloppy.
1: It really, It really did. And... I think they didn't respect how good T1 can be with their shot calling and just assume they were going to get early game leads every time and it wouldn't actually matter, like how good T1 is with Faker back, quote unquote. You know, all the narratives like Faker's back and he, he sits in the chair and then everything changes. You know, there, there was a lot of, of that narrative because obviously that has happened. And upon Faker's return, the team has leveled up week to week and match to match. But I think that T1. Weren't really tested in the mid lane at all in this series. Um, and I do think Chovy and Zekka arguably are both better at uh, punishing a player like Faker right now because he's still injured. has had some shaky laning phases. BDD, he's not really the guy who puts on insane pressure in lane. He kind of just plays it out safely because he wants to make sure that he can push waves and be an impact in team fights or potentially roam. But he's not the kind of guy who's going to be forcing a flash out of Faker. So Faker had a good matchup there. Um in terms of the the pressure point that he didn't really face in this series. Uh, I mean, BDD's Tristana, he did put the the pressure on a little bit in that Nico game as well. I guess you could argue that in that game, like, he certainly did try to to push Faker out. But overall, I, I really felt like KT came into the series a little bit overconfident, didn't have that much preparation, and aiming looked really uncomfortable when his champion pool got pinched. Like, he got a little bit exposed here, and I've been... You know, one of aiming's biggest defenders, and I think obviously it's a pretty good time to be an aiming defender with how great he is in this current meta, and then the, his ability to play Zayab decently well, he doesn't even like to play it, but he's decent at it, but it, he's an amazing Kaisa player, right, and um, he's pretty good at Draven, I think that it's really easy to look at aiming and go, oh, well, like, it's another one of those Ezreal games where he's he's just a little bit out of sorts, Mm -hmm. even though he's really good at the champion, but I think it wasn't necessarily about him, but he clearly looked a little bit uncomfortable. KT didn't really have a strong plan to make sure that he could get a matchup that he was looking for every game. And when T1 just banned Kaisers Cesari, he, he did look a little bit, um, you know, forced to to play champions. They maybe didn't prepare, not that he can't play Varus, but it's not one I'd say he's very known for. Right. And T1 had a better plan just going in. They were more uh, clutch on the day. And I think, you know, the adaptations we saw from KT against Hanwell, where they actually put Keen on tanks and tried to play through aiming specifically, I think was a pretty good sign that they know some of the issues they had and they don't want to play through Keen necessarily going into the rematch against T1 next week.
0: I mean, I think you can play through Keen, but you also, you just can't do things like pick Draven and Renekton at the same time and have an expectation that you're going to be able to play through both side lanes, right? I think that's. One of the big issues I will say, I was surprised to see BDD on the Tristana because these were his first three Tristana games of the split. Um, You know, just like we saw the Jace debut, it feels like he, uh, BDD is starting to pull out some of these champions that we know are super, super strong in this meta. And that's, I think that's a, a great look for him because he can always go back to BDD's biggest hits like the Azir, Annie, Nico, twisted fate, like these champions, will always be on the bench, but it's nice to know that, you know, some of the ranged AD mids that provide a lot of uh, poke damage or a lot of kind of fast push threat with Jace and Tristana are there as well.
1: Yeah, BDD also played Xerath um, into Hanwha life as well. Like he's very, yeah. he's very much like starting to flex his wider pool, which is really nice to see because we often just see the classic picks, as you say, and this Tristana looked pretty good. His uh, Zerath was yeah, pretty did. amazing. His Jace was good. Um, Jace has dropped off in our playoffs for prior- priority wise, like you mentioned earlier. And I think it's because a lot of our like middle to top teams, like not our top top teams, really struggled to find success with it. And then everyone's kind of started to feel like, okay, you need Maokai for it. It's hard to get Maokai. We're not preparing to to get these kind of drafts because it feels like you know no team is ever going to let you have both in situations like this. And what you gain. From getting a Kai'Sa pick, for example, over a Jace pick is is much larger. Um, and so teams just aren't really indexing into that Jace right now. I, I think we will definitely see it, it at least the uh, lower or um, grand finals. Like one of those two series we have, I think it will show up. I don't think it's just done, but the priority did drop quite a bit. I, I, I really feel like uh, T1 didn't impressed me as much in this series against kt as they did with their play against G. but on the other side of things i feel like the drafting for t1 was much better in this series against kt which i think says a lot about how little kt really prepared for this series it felt like to me um versus t1's drafting against G. like G just outdrafted them it felt like almost every game despite some of those losses so it's weird to me that t1 could both look like they're really prepared and really going in on a series like they did against KT, but then show up against Genji and look like they're very much confused about what the meta is right now. And I I just was, it was so bizarre to me from T1, from one perspective, going from what looked like amazing prep and then going to another team. And maybe that just means Genji way better at drafting right now than KT Rolster, but it was, a, a, in my mind, a huge stark contrast between the two drafts. When I was watching, K, uh, you know, the T1 G series, I had a lot of head-scratchers. The vein, obviously, which probably cost them the series, um, was very bizarre. And whereas against T1, or against KT, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I could see the plan here. I, I like these drafts. You know, the Lucian pick they brought, I was like, yeah, this is cool.
0: I think maybe they just weren't scared of the Zeri pick anymore because G kept losing with when they would pick it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, they they really didn't get it to scale into a position where it could be really viable. I think in some of these games, so maybe T one was, you know, just a little bit overconfident. They were up two to one in the series at that point in time, right? But yeah. I think it's really hard to play the vein into all of the zoning that Maokai, Yone, and and Gangplank offer, right, for Gen G. Like, I think it's really really hard to get consistent damage down.
1: Yeah, even with Doran being behind in that game, it just didn't matter. Like he was eventually going to be relevant because they couldn't just stop him from farming in a side. It wasn't the type of comp that where they could really like just completely remove him from the game. They tried and Zayas played really well, but like he was eventually just going to still be able to set up barrel chains. Uh, and, I, I actually personally think I know we've seen it a little bit in the LPL and a lot of other teams are are still valuing the vein. I, I think it kind of sucks. Like, I just don't think it's very good. Uh, I, I think it's a bad pick.
0: <laughs> I, mean, and was, like, I don't think we've seen it win a game. I'm trying to think. I guess aiming one with it, but that was yeah, the, well, that was that, that was, was the hardly Kobe. a game. Though, that, was was the Kobe, that was the Poby. That was the Poby T1. Uh, yeah. Edition is that G-1. was hardly a
1: game. Maybe that was why Guma was like, I'm coming for you. I want my revenge. Uh, but, I, I, we uh... haven't seen
0: it. We haven't seen a real game one with it because Uzi lost with it as well. In spite of Uzi got a massive early advantage too and still couldn't convert it into a win. I um,
1: mean, yeah, that aiming game where he he had it, he also had a massive lead and it looked a little shaky at
0: times. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause it's pain. laughs> true. Uh, also, how many times. In one weekend, am I going to have to watch teams uh, split pushing with the jacks without teleport bot lane at 20 minutes and then the other team start Baron? Because I am fucking sick of seeing that wolf. Like, it's like <laughs> every game there's a jacks in the game. The team with jacks has Jackson and bot lane splitting with no TP up and the other team just starts barren.
1: I'm I, I I'm with you. I also think the the teleport usage for a lot of um, our players has been a little bit off um t- the, just just in general like did not really like the teleports we were seeing from Gen.G uh in that T1 series it got a little bit weird with how many t- fights they tried to to force with teleport and the enemy team just like walked away and said cool now your Jax isn't going to be a real problem for us was um was pretty weird i think a lot of these best of 5s the the tensions were were quite high and i think some of the players got um nervous like i would say because even though these players are all super experienced, if you look at these rosters that we're talking about here in our main top three, like KT, T1 and Gen. G, um, a lot of the time for these teams, when they were going to the finals on their path to the finals, they were clear favorites. It was like mega tier list more than it was. This season was where, you know, if you're T1, you're like, Oh, we're the best. We're just going to play our standard way. go straight to the finals for Gen. G Similar type of story T1 or rather uh, KT had a little bit of a, uh, a more challenging road in spring, but, um, I think this season has been like really uncertain and you you start to get to these five game series and not everyone's playing at their best. But the the ways in which we saw uh, KT demolish Hanwha life makes me feel like, A, they adapted a lot. They've learned a lot from that T1 loss. But I do have like B in the back of my mind, like, is Hanwha just so bad that it's it's actually warping my perception of KT's improvement? Like, that's that's like the, the battle that's going on right now within me. And I've watched all of those games I, 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 like a second time. Like, I zoomed in on them a little bit after that match yesterday. And still, I feel like KT have made some great changes. And Aiming and Lehens look reinvigorated because a bit of a shaky one against T1, right? But I feel very good about the KT-T1 rematch for KT. I, I don't do, too. Th- you do?
0: I do, you too, d- yeah.
1: Okay, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like They got a little bit caught with their pants down last time, but I just can't expect that's going to happen again.
0: Yeah, I, I think to your point, like they didn't I didn't see a coherent strategy that they were trying to bring out versus T1. Whereas and also to your point about KT bouncing back, they didn't really dimensionalize their style in spring until they lost to T1 in the regular season. And that's what prompted them to kind of shift things up. And we got to see a really different version just a couple days later against HLE. KT, as you noted earlier, Keen was playing more tanks in the top lane. I mean, he played uh, Orn. He played Poppy. It was his first top Poppy game of the entire split. Um, And it may have been his first top Poppy game ever. I'm actually going to look at that right now. Uh, And then he played Cassante. So, uh, you know, this has been. Hold on, let me just I'm going to look up. I am yeah, curious about history. that. I, I, I can't remember him playing role. it, but
1: I feel like he probably did.
0: He's played one poppy game ever. It was that. Wow. One. Okay. In his entire career, uh, I was. Crazy. like, I don't think I've ever seen that, and that was true. Uh, and he played a great poppy game. Played a great poppy game. He made a hero play. He started charging his old, flashed into the Baron pit, and secured a Baron for his team. Right. Um. So that, he made a really good poppy play. So Keen certainly looking a lot different in this series. Not. I mean, not that we would expect him to get owned by Kingen, but it was much more do his job. But I it was the it was the overall strategy, Wolf, that I thought was so good, which is where you know HLE just doesn't do anything early. Grizzly doesn't do anything. So if you're confident that you're gonna be able to do slightly more while still outscaling, why not just pick Orn, Viego, and Zeri? Just hard scale everywhere, right? Um, why not pick you know, Azir, Viego, Zaya, and then uh, you know, take Renata Glask in the bot lane. Renata's not a great laner, but if they're playing Renekton, Rel, Tristana, Kaisa, Amumu into you, it's great once you get into team fights, right? And yeah. they just know they're not going to get punished in lane. So play the scaling game, get a couple of kills early, go into the late game with a slight lead, gold lead, and then just demolish them, which is what KT did. Like so I I really liked it. It felt like they really had a very well-planned out strategy and you could see that hanwa was reacting to it because by the third game they pick lee sin and they're like we can't we can't play the scaling game with these guys anymore like we can't just sit around forever unfortunately uh they still ran it down
1: (laughs) i mean king and really had a tough one like he 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 pushed way too far with with no control and got punished really hard and he was relying on Grizzly coming up to bail him out, but it's Grizzly. He's kind of generally behind the curve in terms of jungle pathing. Like I hate to say it, but you know, yeah. everyone was saying like it's his first best of five and 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 stuff like that. And like um, that that is that is true. Like it is his first like set of best of fives in playoffs, right? Like this is his first time he's ever played best of fives back to back. But it's not really about like oh his champion pool was tested because it's a five game series. It was really just. Okay, he's being tested in an elimination game for the first time. Like, that was kind of my take. It's not really, like, about it's his first best of five. It's the first time he's actually under pressure of, if I lose this series, that is the end of my tournament life. He will have, obviously, the opportunity to play through the World's Gauntlet and maybe um, some improvements can be made before then. But yeah, he he looked very weak. Speaking of weak junglers, though, thinking about that rematch for, for KTT1 owner did not look great against Genji either. And that's yeah. a similar type of play style you can have if you are KT and just try to play through aiming and put Keen on tanks, whereas A.S. will be nullified to a certain extent, um, you know, his strong side play by just Keen sitting on an Ornn, for example, or a Poppy. Um, I think Poppy's probably in band every game um, in that series, but the the fact is, I think similar problems do exist for T1, and they have a weaker mid laner for lane than Zeka, so... On paper, if KT prepare well, which they've proven to us that they can do, I think they should be able to win the rematch this time.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true. And that leads us into our last Free Nation match of the week, guys, over on Esports Bet, because that is our match of the week. Obviously, like, what else would it be? It's not going to be XL Mad Lions, you know. (laughs) That's that's not going to be it, guys. It's not going to be it. It's not going to be G2 uh, BDS. It sure is not going to be an LCS match this week, especially we've got the the telecom war loser is out of playoffs match. And I'm glad you bring this up, Wolf, because if you have signed up with our link down below, you can get a 10 percent additional profit up to one hundred dollars USDT on your first bet uh, of every week on our match of the week. So bonus profit. And KT, this is by the way, on this show, if you're hearing this, this is where you get the best odds because it's before people figure this out, guys. KT is currently at 1.68. So if you believe in KT as being a heavy favorite, as I think you should, even though they lost to T1, uh, this would be a great time for you to get excellent value on KT. And you don't have to play with real money. They're running a special promotion right now. You can get eSports coins, which are free. And all you have to do is sign up. You'll get some for signing up, by the way. And then if you join the eSports bet discord, you get 10,000 follow on Twitter for eSports bet 5,000 and follow uh, eSports bet on Instagram 5,000 to collect those message the mods on the discord with your account information, or just hit up the support directly through the website. And that means you can get up to 20,000 ES, uh, esports coins, ESC for free, play along with those for fun. And you can actually transfer them into USDT or other cryptocurrencies later. So why not? Why not do it? And you get our, our, our bonus as well. So yeah, if you, if you use ESC or any, or any, um, uh, any cryptocurrency on the site. So, yeah. There you go. Get some value out of KT right now, and thanks to esports man. <laughs> Thank you, um,
1: Genji. In that uh, series against T1, sorry for slamming into my microphone there. Um, I think just played around the fact that I, I, I don't know that that's the the series of, of G versus T1 didn't make me feel like Genji were going to be. The team that lifts the trophy in the end, even though they did ultimately win the uh, series against T1, um, despite having, in my opinion, way stronger and, w- and way more higher tier drafts, like where they would have, okay, T1's draft is okay, like if you just isolate it, but then you look at Genji's draft, and you're like, okay, it's it's S tier, it's all the, the meta champions, and they all work together, Um you know, it's not uh, Sejuani with with no permafrost synergy and no follow up picks with like a Nar. You know what I mean? What
0: you don't like Sejuani, Nar and Corky together?
1: Like T one T one won that game
0: and Faker had zero deaths. But like
1: <laughs> that, I don't know if that should happen if if Genji are actually playing at their best and are actually yeah. being clutch in team fights and. I look at games like that and I go, yeah, T1 played it well. And, like, they're, they're very comfortable with the style of drafting. Faker is insanely good at Corky. Um, I mean, I'd go as far as to say he's probably the best Corky player in the world, even now, like right now, today. But it's just, you still shouldn't be able to win these, in my opinion, just from draft alone, right? And that makes me feel like if KT do beat T1, as we expect, that they will actually beat Genji because it's a good matchup for KT into Genji, in my mind, with Doran's inconsistencies. You know, you have Cuz being hyper-aggressive in the early game. Pays looking very weak right now. Yeah, he had the good Ophelios game. You know, he played very well in that fifth and final game. And so kind of an unusual Ophelios pick, but he made it work. And so I won't criticize him too much for it. But his laning has been very suspect at times. Whereas LeHen's naming, absolutely not suspect. <laughs> Best bot duo right now in the remaining playoff
0: well, teams. Well, the the, the Varus Leona moment. In that versus T1 Yeah. But I mean, we'll that, never that's, know. That's We'll never one, know what would have happened. There, we'll never know what would have happened if that Leona Zenith blade actually hit. Maybe they win that. I don't know. But the fact that they even went for it, I think was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but that's a lack of respect. Right. I think. And, and I do believe, I mean, I, 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 I love Guma's play this season. I think he has been a strong point for T1. Karius seems to bounce back a little bit when he's not playing Braum. Um, but I, I, I think there's just no question that the strongest bottom duo right now is definitely aiming and Lahens and I think as as a result you know even though Peanut's so fantastic in the early game and we do think he's the better jungler um, and I would say that Chovy's laning is probably better than BDD's they haven't been able to pull it all together as a five man when it matters uh, consistently enough for me to really believe that against a KT who has this uh style again that they're playing around where they play through aiming early uh is is going to be able to beat them. Like and I think I, I I'm when I've talked to my colleagues about this of course at the LCK like everyone has pretty split opinions. Um it's about like 50 50. Some people think Genji t- wins this matchup because everyone thinks is gonna beat T1. And some people are just saying they think Peanut is just that much better, you know, than than Cuz and he's gonna help the, the early game. They think Doran's gonna show up in a big way in finals like he did in spring. But those are kind of, especially the Dorn thing, is too much of an intangible for me. Like, I I feel like it's just as equally likely that as has happened with him in the past, he loses the first game, gets tilted, and just has a horrible series. Like, it, it's it's hard to know which Dorn we're going to get.
0: I, I also think it's concerning, Wolf, that what we've kind of seen from Faker in these playoffs is, like, a lot of Azir. Um... You know, uh, he played. He did play a game of Jace. or played a couple games of Jace, uh, one of which he lost. And he's played Annie and Nico and a couple games of Corky. Like, and honestly, if we're if we're being real, guys, his ear hasn't looked great. It's okay, but it hasn't looked amazing. Especially game
1: and and pushing inner turret top lane. You know what I mean? Like he's he's (laughs) side laning.
0: (laughs) Especially compared to what we've seen from BDD and Chovy on Azir. And I think, I think it is concerning, like this is maybe the only time I'll say this, but perhaps with his champ, like his champion pool isn't great right now, which is an amazing thing to say about Faker historically. Uh, we are seeing, you know, the, the quirky as a response to the Azir. We are seeing uh, the Xerath as a response to the Azir and, and he's winning these games. So he's, he's kind of pulling out the old school counters, which is you know a credit to his longevity. But are we going to see, you know, Jace against good teams, right? Are we going to see, are we going to see Tristana? Are we going to see Yone from him? I mean, these are very, very centrally meta picks right now. And I'm concerned that maybe he's just not up to the task, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is exactly my thought process as well. Like, I, I almost go as far to say that KT could consider, instead of banning Sejuani, for example, because owner looked very uncomfortable on the on the pick, just ban his ear and see what happens to Faker. Because their drafts, I think part of why they lost, in my opinion, draft a lot of those games was because they had to get his ear for Faker early. Otherwise, they were like, oh, we just don't have a good matchup for him. He's not willing to play the Tristana, as you mentioned, not willing to play the Yone. I think it's just because he's still recovering with his hands. It's not his, you know, fault. It's not like he forgot to play other champions. When you say it's a champion pool issue, it's not, you know, you're not implying that Faker can't play his other champions, but he's certainly not right. playing them right now, you know? And so... I, I do think that's an angle of attack and draft that KT could definitely utilize. It didn't feel like that in the T1 series against uh, KT as much, but I think after the Genji series, it really, to me felt like, okay, they have to get Faker on a comfortable matchup and that's always weighing down their draft a little bit. So maybe Faker will prove me wrong. Cause he obviously has an additional week to rest and maybe like, he, cause he's clearly getting like better and better and better as, as time goes on. Um, He's had some kind of questionable decisions. You mentioned his Azir performance as being a little bit off. I, I would say like he made some bold uh, decisions uh, on the Azir that, that did look a little bit silly at times in that Gen Z series. But again, I I just don't see T1 overcoming KT unless KT just are off off on the day. And that is that is to a certain extent what happened the first time they met. Um, but I I think the preparation is even, is going to be better this time. We also have heard, it's kind of been like out there, some people have been speaking about this, that rumor has it that T1 was smashing KT in scrims before that uh, first meetup um, in that uh, second round and that the KT coaching staff was shocked that KT would pick them. I'm like, no, nah, I, I actually <laughs> think KT picks them every time. Like uh, Some of the strengths that you're dealing with with Hanwha Life or something you don't want to necessarily deal with, and then KT then publicly said, we picked them because we knew we were going to have to face them no matter what in this tournament. So we wanted to get out of the way first. That also kind of reeks of BS to me as well, to be totally honest with you, Monty. Yeah, but yeah. Like...
0: We, we didn't want to guarantee ourselves <laughs> top three and a ticket to Worlds. Like, we wanted to do it the hard way through the yeah, losers bracket. sounds like bracket. BS to me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: at the end of the day, uh, th- there was this, like, overarching narrative of they should have picked Hanwa. I think, like... What, based on what we know now, yeah. But based on what we saw with T1 versus D+, a series we haven't even talked about because it was not a great one on either wow. side, I would have been pretty happy to pick uh, T1. I was saying they should pick T1. I thought it was yep. the right choice. No, I think, I think everybody I still, thought, I stand thought that by it that. was the
0: right choice. Um, now, in retrospects, we can say, yeah, Hanwa looked really weak and KT obviously had a really good idea about how to beat Hanwha, as did Gen.G, and you got to see a lot of their weaknesses. Speaking of which... Where all you Zekka stands at, guys? I have to listen to your garbage on social media 24-7 about how Zekka's actually really dominant, this split, guys. And, oh, yeah, Zekka's really good. And, you know, he's not going to be limited, even though he spent so much time just playing, like, getting drawing Yone bands and then playing Azir kind of mediocrely. And then also he had some pop-off Tristana games, but that was it. Well, where's your god now?
1: Where's your Zekka
0: god now?
1: (laughs) He did not... He did not look amazing. Um, and Genji, when Genji faced Hanwa, he got the uh, Yone twice. And both times with Grizzly's Sejuani, which is problematic. Like, Grizzly went to 0-7 on the Sejuani in that uh, final game. But, like, if Grizzly can't play Sejuani and you're relying on Sejuani Yone, Yone excuse me, um... That's that's problematic, and then obviously we know Zekka's Azir was always kind of, you know, it was middling at best. Like I think he he fi- he figured it out a little bit during Worlds. Like at, at Worlds he last did. year, he looked much better on it. But we've always kind of been a little
0: bit um, lukewarm on his Azir. So it's it's just really inconsistent. Like he he ranges from like kind of good to kind of bad, and. People just pick the kind of good games and they pretend that he's good at Azir because I guess they don't have eyes to watch BDD or something or like watch really good Azir players um, because he's never been a really good Azir player. And that's fine. That doesn't have to be who Zeka is. I just don't understand why Zeka fans need to pretend that he's good at everything. Why? Right? Why is it impossible to have an honest conversation about Zeka Wolf? Where are these Zeka fans even coming from? You know, yeah, I hope Zeka I hope Zecca has a really long career. He's still a really young player guys. He's what, 19, 20 years old? He might be 20 now, but he was 19 when he won Worlds. And he is yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with Zayus. People talking about Zaius and saying, like, oh my God, you know, get him off this team. He's already washed. He's a choker. It's like, he's 19. He's got a lot of time to fix these issues. Hopefully, he has a long career. So we know Zekka on Zeka picks is still amazing. Um, but he is still a limited player but he's still really young and so hopefully there's a really you know long career ahead of him because we know he's mechanically great and we know what his ceiling can be on certain picks it's just about expanding his champion pools and experience and his experience like look at who he's competing with for god's sake like yeah. he's competing with faker bdd and chovy all of which have you know, have been proposed for like three times as long as he has
1: and have been extremely successful as well and are always meeting up in the finals and, you know, all of that. But yeah, I like Zekka. I really thought going into playoffs was going to be potentially the X factor that, that if Hanwell was going to do it, which none of us really expected, but if they were going to do it, it was going to be because of him. And weirdly enough, not because of Viper, because Viper needs to be empowered. Um, and one of these soul laners needs to do things. And uh, probably wasn't going to be Kingan, And in that third game yesterday against KT, it definitely was not. Um but Hanwa just to shift the conversation a little bit, Hanwa going into the uh worlds qualifier, you know, that's a interesting uh question of whether they'll be able to do it because when T one was looking very weak, we were kind of expecting, okay, well, it's gonna be Hanwa going through with D plus, but now, you know, is 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 Hanwa actually gonna go to Worlds and you know have their reunited DRX some of these players, obviously, you know, with Pioshik <laughs> qualifying today, that would be cool to see barrels in the running uh, for the world's qualifier, but Get
0: out, wolf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I want to say, though, I kind of have this weird hot take about D plus. I actually think D plus should use some of their challengers players in the world's qualifiers. I actually they should be screaming like time right for now. Thanatos? Yeah, I think they should be screaming right now. The new players in preparing for World's Gauntlet, like they should be using Thanatos. Maybe even Lucid is actually the guy you want. Like if you're just going to put one in, I'd say put Lucid in um, and see how that changes the dynamic. Because that is Canyon... that's
0: a giga hot take,
1: Wolf. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Canyon, 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 and Showmaker when they're on together look really great, but when Showmaker's having an off game and he doesn't have Lane prio, it it doesn't look the same. And I think Lucid isn't as reliant on that because Pull Bay, who's the mid laner for. Uh, D plus Kia is one of their weaker links at the moment. Um, and obviously you're never going to replace Deft. Like Rahel is 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 nowhere near Deft. Like not at all. So that's not, not something that I would like to see. But um, some people have suggested like actually bring the whole Challengers team up and leave Deft. Like basically just like Deft and the other four players. Um, but I don't think that's right either. Like I think Kellen is definitely not someone you replace. And I think Kana has been really quite consistent towards the end of the season so i don't know if santos is going to be an upgrade for him but it's just maybe replacing canyon and trying to get lucid as a lot more vocal of a player and trying to put him in there and and see if he can affect the rest of the map more than just kind of be hyper focused on when deft has strong side 80 carries or when showmaker is on which is not really the case right now pull bay is not going to fix that problem either you can't just pull pull bay in but I want to see if D plus is like bold enough to make a decision like this, because if they just leave the roster the same and go, Oh no, we have shot calling problems. Maybe we'll play Bible again this time. I I think it's not going to be it. I think this team is not going to worlds. If they just go, I think we can fix this by then because they've been trying to fix it all through round two and it didn't happen. So that's, that's kind of my hot take is, you know, Lucid over Canyon, I think should be experimented with in scrims right now. And also just in general, maybe utilize that challengers roster. They're going to be playing, um, I believe even today, actually, in Challengers. I'm not casting Challengers today, but uh, t- they're going through playoffs. We'll see if they end up winning Challengers. They might because they were big favorites for most of the season. Uh, I predicted Hanwa to beat them, actually, um, in that first matchup. But we'll see what happens. I, I want to see this team utilize the talent that it has because right now they're in a bit of a crisis, let's say, in terms of got destroyed again in playoffs. World's qualifiers are coming up. Big moment for your org. You're going to get Showmaker on that stage one more time or not, you know, before he potentially goes to another team because all these contracts. Yeah, I are mean,
0: firing. it's not a wild take because, yeah, I mean, with Showmaker, Canyon and Deft, all free agents, maybe you do do something crazy. <laughs> maybe maybe you do see what you can do in the qualifier gauntlet and give some players that might be in, under contract in the future uh, a chance to actually compete.
1: I don't right know. Off, I, don't think,
0: I it's, think I don't think it's crazy I, outrageous. I think straight up, if this
1: team doesn't win worlds, it splits up, you know, like, because the economy can't support this much talent on this roster. Like, it just, the LCK economy can't support it. It's not going to happen. So, like, unless you, like, win worlds, you don't keep this roster. So, maybe now is the time to say, to have those hard conversations, test out this challenges roster, see if there may be going to be a fit. Maybe you could retool parts of this roster to be your 2024 team. I think that that there's a huge opportunity here for D-plus that they may not seize upon, and that would make me sad.
0: Yeah, certainly. Certainly interesting. I don't know if the org is willing to take that level of risk when it feels like after you watch Hanwa get destroyed, I think you feel relatively confident that you can make top two and go to world. So maybe you don't just go absolutely crazy like you're saying, but it is an interesting theory. It's an interesting theory. I just don't think anybody would have the balls to actually do it. Wolf.
1: Especially not in Korea, right? I could absolutely see this happen in in (laughs) even the LPL or in, um, you know, Western region, but I, I just, I'm frustrated with how D plus have approached things. And the one, the one thing I kind of hate more than anything else with rosters uh, is when they put a player in like Bible and try to fix a problem and it's clearly not working. then they pull them out and put them back in and like, that makes me feel like they think that Bible shot calling is going to fix things, but it's clearly not. in His landing phase is too weak, and then they're like, "Well, I guess we go back to the other problem, which wasn't good." And they're not willing to take risks when they have all these opportunities to do so. And like, if you're gonna if you're gonna basically back out right away as soon as like it didn't look good, and, and put Kellen back in, then pull him out, then pull him back in again when it matters most. And like, if you're gonna make decisions like that, why not make the other crazy decisions? Because those decisions are as crazy to me. <laughs>
0: As put Lucid in (laughs) over
1: Canyon. That's all I I don't know about
0: that. I think the fan backlash, especially if you lose, would be absolutely outrageous. Imagine if you're a Dom 1 slash D plus fan, they pull Canyon and you don't make worlds. Imagine what the fan reaction to that would be. But like what if you it play would be canyon a fleet and you also trucks, make man. worlds. <laughs> it's a fleet of trucks, man. It's just a fleet. <laughs> it's an armada of trucks.
1: <laughs> but that's but uh, the thing is like that's why you got to be scrimming now. Like you don't just pull canyon like and people think that's it. you you like start screaming now and see if it's possible and if it if it doesn't work like if you if you identify very quickly like nope, it has to be canyon. This is absolutely not going to work. Or showmaker's like pissed. He's like I don't want to play I don't want to play with lucid right now that's going to stress me out. This matchup's coming up. Like, it's not going to work. Then like, maybe, maybe you just don't do it, but we'll never know what they're doing right now, like what their plans are. But I think if it is going to work, it's not like, Oh, like sub lucid in in that best of five. No, it's like, as soon as you lost that series against T1, like next day, you're going to be having those harder conversations. And if they're not, then it's not going to work. You know, you had to be doing it like basically immediately. And I don't know if they are or not, but they got challengers playoffs to focus on as well. So It's just a tricky time. But I really hope that D-plus can bounce back. I'd love to see Deft back at Worlds. I'd love to see this team reach its full potential again because it has just been uh, a shadow of its overall pretty top three, top four form for the entire year. But when it matters most here at the end, kind of falling a little bit short.
0: All right, so we're taking... Are we still taking KT to win this coming weekend? Are they going to actually be the LCK champion Korea first seed at worlds.
1: I, I think so. I, I I don't think it's like a overwhelmingly KT feel for me, but I do think for the reasons I mentioned and why we both agree that they will be T1. I think they have a pretty good matchup into Genji. They've had their number in round two. They look to be a, a team that has a good matchup into what Genji tries to do with Doran, for example, and I think they have a multifaceted playstyle where they can both play through aiming or play through Keen. And while we have seen Genji kind of successfully play through Chovy at times, play through um Pays at times, it's really felt like if Genji get massively ahead, it's because Doran was on and if he's not on in that finals, you know, it's hard to know what which Doran we're gonna get. But if he is inconsistent even a little bit, I give that edge to Keen as well. So yeah, yeah. It's like, for me, I'm feeling like kind of 60-40 that KT should beat Genji in the finals, assuming, of course, they beat T1, which I'm feeling more like 65-35 <laughs> about.
0: I, I think I feel good about it. In the Hanwha series, we got to see them really prepared. I really liked just kind of the, they just kind of went back to back to basic League of Legends. Like, we're just going to chill and... But wait for late game and then out team fight you front to back. You know, it wasn't anything super crazy within that matchup. They just basically outplayed Hanwa at every level. And even T1 right now, even when they're winning these series or taking Gen. G to five, you see so many 20 minute Barons that it, it, T1 just feels desperate. Like they feel like they have to create advantages at 20 minutes and they have to keep going after these Barons. Otherwise they, they're not going to win. Like they don't have the confidence to play a longer, more measured game. Yeah.
1: People aren't willing to give anything up is, like, often how it goes. They are never... This roster has never been a team that's been like, okay, we're 4,000 gold down. Let's see if we can scale and, and win that team fight, you know, in five minutes on that final dragon or on that, like, second Baron or on the Elder. Like, that, they never really opt into that. And I think it's, you know, partially due to Faker always feeling like they have an angle, they feeling like they have a, a really nice Baron turn, and just kind of hard shot calling, like, let's take back control of this game now, let's not let this slip away. I think that's a good attitude to have overall, but sometimes, you know, maybe it's a little bit too forced on some of those Barons. And sometimes your comp from behind needs the team to come to you, otherwise you can never beat them, you'll never beat them in neutral, you'll never take that vision back, so do you want to start a Baron to see okay, I can bring this team to us now where we have the turn, we have the advantage in terms of positioning, even down items. But it's the kind of shot calling that looks really stupid when it doesn't work, but looks brilliant when it works, you know? And I, right. I respect some of those decisive calls. And, and that's one thing that I think T1 might have over KT, even though BDD has been so clutch and he has been so decisive in his team fighting, he's been so deliberate with every move he makes. Maybe if if there's any world, which I'm not going to predict, but if there's any world where T1 does it, it's just because they're crisper. Uh, they're 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 on point with setting up on those objectives, yep. taking those really aggressive skirmishes, you know, in the early parts of late game that catch you off guard. I could I could see that be the way that T1 upsets in my mind, because I, I would say it's an upset if they win.
0: Right. And I, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to say that I think T1 going for 20 minute barons are a bad idea. I oftentimes oftentimes think they make very good calls around that and they force out, you know, teleports or they they force teams to play to them instead. And that's just their style. I don't think it's an issue per se. Um, But also, I think if you're conscious of them doing that and like really aware of it, it's a lot easier to play in a way where they're not going to sneak that away from you. And I also think, Wolf, that's why everybody bans Poppy against them. I think the reason why we see like these blanket poppy bands uh, against T1 from we saw it from KT and we saw it from Gen G is that oftentimes there's a very low because T1 is really good at knowing their their timing windows around Baron. And if you have a poppy there and she ejects somebody from the Baron pit that can be the five seconds that they need to actually secure that objective, right? Because they play, yeah. a, very, uh, they play a game with very small margins. And so I just wouldn't give them Poppy because it's, it's too annoying at a, on a 20-minute Baron. It's way too annoying.
1: Yeah, and Owner's just been a pretty good Poppy player in general. Well, I yeah. feel like he, he's very comfortable. He and Peanut, best Poppy players in the LCK. So I, I don't think they'll get their hands on it um, in these drafts uh, and this upcoming best of five. So what does it mean like if KT is our first seed is is really cool to discuss because we've had for so many years just a very dominant T1 Genji or Dom one, and we haven't had like that's why we call them the big three, right? They were the only three orgs to ever of won, won a world championship. I know you always get upset when I say that because Samsung won it, not Gen.G but like otherwise, <laughs> even, mean- if you, if, even if you take that out. I mean, even if you take it out, like they have been, you can't
0: buy a title. That's my thing. You, 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 you. The slot doesn't come with all the fucking titles attached. You changed all of the players. You changed the ownership group behind it, right? Uh, you don't. You don't get to keep the titles. That's that. That ain't how it works. And like I know, there's gonna be some bum who's going to comment on YouTube and say, but in traditional sports, when the new owner buys the org and then moves its cities, they still count the times. Well, fuck that too, man. Just because traditional sports does, it doesn't mean I agree with it either. It's stupid.
1: You don't have to agree with it, but it's, (laughs) you don't have to agree with it, but it is like officially recognized even by riot. That's fine. So anyway, (laughs) but either way, like, Genji is consistently getting like pretty, pretty high placements, like often top four in these uh, world championship anyway. So you have these three teams, right? That have, for uh, for LCK, been extremely relevant, extremely consistent. Um, and then you have KT, who's kind of this new face, kind of like DRX was last season when they were had that miracle run. Except KT is actually a dominant force this time, and I am looking forward to to seeing, you know, just showcasing to a lot of these uh, Worlds fans that we have another team in our region that has a, a wealth of history, and uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I, I'm really looking forward to. To seeing, um, you know, KT's legacy potentially start a new um, exciting chapter because it's been five years since we've seen this team actually be at the front um, of of the LCK.
0: And it's time for JDG to get finger boomed. I think we can all agree. (laughs) (laughs) KT needs to finger boom everyone at Worlds. We're bringing it back for this Worlds, guys. If KT goes, the the finger booming is going to be real.
1: I have my KT rollster or rather a KT finger boom hoodie. And, uh, you know, you
0: do Do you actually yeah, have that?
1: I have what? one. I, I, I custom made it. I mean, it's not actually oh, real.
0: Damn. I thought you had like some, some rare. No, piece I, 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 I
1: got the logo and I custom made one, but it does, it does actually like when, when you look at it, it actually legit does look like, like it could be, it could be <laughs> official and real. Um,
0: we'll, we'll have to make some of those. Here's the thing. Wolf, here's the thing. Wolf, if, <laughs> This is a legitimate question. Like, I don't know if, because the thing about KT stopping us from making finger boom merchandise is that they would have to acknowledge that we were doing it, which they really hate to do. They really hate to do. Literally, Kespa officials, when I lived in Korea, came up to me and asked me to stop tweeting about finger boom. (laughs) (laughs) They, They literally, they asked me, they said, uh, can you stop tweeting finger boom? And I said no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, he said no. Um, and then I walked in your footsteps and made the finger boom hoodie. And uh, That's amazing.
0: It's,
1: but it's I, great. I think we
0: do need some finger, some legit finger boom, uh, finger boom hoodies for worlds uh, like, to hype them up.
1: I'm, I'm happy. KT is doing well. And I think they, they put together a good roster. Hopefully, the, the team doesn't go completely boom after Worlds because of the, uh, the changes to the rules and uh, the LCK economy and all that stuff. But I got to say, the branding for this org for all time, okay? Magic ends to, to current day. Um, yeah, magic ends to current day has been some of the worst I've ever seen. They had a, they had a weird logo that was pretty bad. Like, the, the actual roller coaster, like, Rollster logo... He's horrible but it's, it's classic so and then like it was it was it was the longest standing uh, it was the longest standing logo that was the last yeah. one to change of all the legacy orgs then they turned into a team rocket logo and then their current jerseys are just a big black jersey okay let me let me just put this make this clear for everyone a big black jersey with a small logo and it's just an empty black t-shirt and then at the bottom of the shirt there is black on black flames like, you you can't really see it unless you actually really focus on it. It's a slightly different shade of black. They have, like, flames on the bottom of the jersey that are black, but you can't see them because black on black. Use red or do something else. Like, please get a new jersey. Like, this is the worst jersey I have ever Why? seen in esports. KT, please.
0: Why, Wolf? Why... Why, when they change the logo, didn't they change it away from the horrific name of Rollster, which, if you guys don't know, is the Korean way to combine the word roller and coaster into one word? Why does it need to be one word? I don't know. But you, use the opportunity, if you're going to change the logo, just to change the name away from Rollster. You already changed it from Magic Ends to Finger Boom and then realized in a week that that was terrible and changed it to Rollster. So we know that Rollster was a last-second decision that only existed after they became aware of what finger boom could mean in English, and so it wasn't even a thought out decision. Like, take this time to properly rebrand, brand for fuck's sake! Holy moly!
1: <laughs> I think I think we might actually do do see KT make some like we might actually see them if they win worlds. For example, that's like uh, like I said with D plus like that's the only way the roster stays together in my in mind. And maybe it actually makes like some of the high ups at Korea Telecom, the telecom company that that sponsors and owns this team and the sport KT Sports Org. Maybe it makes them like turn their heads and go, "Oh, like we should actually try." <laughs> maybe I hope so. Please, um, <laughs> KT, please. Uh, like, <laughs> you guys are doing a lot of good things. Okay, you're doing a lot of stuff right. Like, Hirai is is doing a good job with the coaches having. Supreme is is leveled up a lot. You got you got some really high potential to to further your legacy and start a new chapter of KT. Don't keep those black jerseys. <laughs> don't keep those and maybe rebrand your team and do something cool. And, uh, you know, make it happen, KT. Don't, don't drop the ball. Don't choke again in these best of fives. I want to see a new team in the finals. No more T1 Gen.G every single finals for like the 12 millionth <laughs> time. Don't disappoint us. KT. don't do it.
0: They're, they're going to let you down. They're going to let no. you down one last time. <laughs> no. no, the prophecy must be completed. They will win LCK. It's okay. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it for this week Uh, due to the finals being next week and Wolf not being around uh, because he will be, of course, at those finals attending. We are going to wait until after the regionals have concluded to have our next show, which we will recap the finals and we will uh, talk about all the regionals matches and uh, discuss who is going to Worlds at that time. Uh, It seems better than just kind of delaying the show for a few days to talk about one match that happened in the finals. So it'll be a couple weeks, but we'll see you guys then.